Welcome, everyone, to the uh, Superpowers for a Good Show. I am just thrilled to see you today. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Cyrus Kazi. He's the CEO and founder of Quantably. Uh, I'm just excited. Quantably is doing uh, impact data gathering for nonprofits, social enterprises, and uh, corporate social responsibility uh, departments. This is going to be an incredibly important conversation, so stick around. You don't want to miss it. Cyrus, welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have you. Hey, Devin. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. We're excited to have you. Uh, tell us about Quantably. Um, I, I'm going to give you the, to, the marketing line for Quantably. Quantably is the first platform to operationalize, collect, and report impact data from nonprofits, NGOs, philanthropy, CSRs, um, uh, basically the social enter, uh, social impact ecosystem. Um, our platform standardizes uh, a data collection and um, makes it in a presentable format so that all stakeholders can uh, see the real impact of every dollar that we invest. That is, uh, it's amazing work that you're doing. And uh, it seems to me the system incorporates not only the impact data, but other aspects of data so that it's a holistic view of an organization. Is that right? That, yes, that, that is um, that is accurate. Uh, one of the things that we um, uh, realized early on when we were studying this sector is that it's not that not-for-profits and NGOs and, and you know, social impact organizations are not doing the work. It's one, they have a technical capacity issue. They don't have the tools or the know-how to do this work uh, to collect and report the impact. And the second aspect is that there's this whole debate about what is impact and what data should I report? Um, so in essence, what we have done is that putting in an impact framework on top of a platform and say, these are the best practices. This is how you can actually standardize your impact reporting for the stakeholders. That's what we have done. Yeah, it, it, it is so important. You have a long history of working in this impact space. Tell us a little bit about how you came uh, to, to be here at uh, Quantably. Uh, that's an interesting question. So um, I've been working with nonprofits, NGOs, governments, philanthropies for 24, almost 25 years now. Um, uh, I got my first taste of how not-for-profits work and NGOs work. Um, in the developing world. Um, um, and then uh, during 9-11, post right after 9-11, I was working with a lot of organizations in New York area that were trying to help support uh, the communities that were affected directly and indirectly by, by the events, the tragic events of 9-11. Um, at that time, I, uh, all I wanted to do was learn and, and you know, lend my support. Um, and eventually I found myself uh, working with government agencies as well as very large organizations. And um, throughout my work from different, different angle, uh, one thing was absolutely evident that um, whether it's a small community-based organization or very large enterprise or foundation, um, impact data that is actually publicized um, is not verifiable. Uh, most of the time, it's a feel-good story. Uh, and I'm, I know I'm being uh, probably a little unkind to the whole impact community, but most of the time it is actually guesstimates. 
Um, and as a data-driven, evidence-based person, it was kind of troublesome for me because we wanted to see the dollar-for-dollar dollar impact that is happening. So if I'm contributing $100,000 for a cause in a faraway land or for, you know, for a program that I believe in, I would like to see what impact, long-term impact it has generated. And that was not evident. Um, so that's how my not-for-profit work led to my, my uh, kind of uh, research and, and development of Quantably for 10, 15 years, if you will. Yeah, it's, it really is important. I think every impact organization at some level knows that, that they, they have to be tracking this data. It's important. At the same time, I think many struggle to figure out how. And so maybe you could walk us through, just get a little bit under the covers, if you will, right. for us and help us understand how Quantably helps in the mechanics of tracking this system. You know, it, it might sound like a sales pitch, but we want to know how does it work to use Quantably. And I should say, I should say, I'm honored, uh, Cyrus, that you have included me on your advisory board. And I, I, I should say that. I really Not as ours. But, but, but but please uh, tell us a little bit about how it works. Sure. Um, so the first point is that, yes, every single organization collects some sort of their um, outcome data or impact data, if you will. Um, and because in most cases they are required to submit uh, or present their, their outcomes and impact um, to their stakeholders, donors, government agencies, uh, supporters, and what have you. Now, the way our platform works is, is quite different. And, 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 you know, in the beginning, I said we're the first platform to operationalize it. And this is what, what I mean by that. In the impact uh, uh, analysis, impact framework uh, uh, space, there are many models of impact measurement. Um, some of them are great. Some of them are still in the development phase uh, because academics are figuring this out. But one, one, there is one framework that almost every organization kind of, kind of agree on, and that is called the theory of change. And the theory of change process essentially tracks your resources, looks at the problem, sets certain assumptions, um, tracks activities and benchmarks, see the immediate, midterm, and the long-term outcomes of the work, the intervention, if you will. What we have done is set up a platform on top of that framework and collect the data, look at people, partnership, resources, fundraising, uh, financial transparency, governance structure, um, and, and create a platform so that that data is almost in real time being aggregated and measured against certain uh, outcome benchmarks. So one good example is that if I'm an organization working uh, uh, you know, to support children or youth, for example, and our goal is to serve, let's say, 100 kids um, you know, out of uh, high school so that they, become, they go to college, reduce dropout rates and what have you, our platform tracks all the resources that is being invested into this 100 kids. And it tells me at any given time, are we on track to meet this uh, outcome or not in a, in a certain period of time? And then it can also keep track of their that kind of like the post-graduation quality of life and all the activities, and then make the connection that yes, our intervention at X time with this resources now resulted in this outcome, i.e. graduation, and now they are in, you know, past college and, and so on and so forth. So that life cycle of the work 
that that picture is done in almost real time. The data is accumulated, uh, um, aggregated, the, the analytics are presented. The current practice that exists right now is that, you know, a lot of time organizations collect this data at the end of the year, end of five year cycle. They will somehow do some survey, try to do some sample data, hire some expensive consultants who will write a very nice report. And, and that is that is great. It works. But again, as I said, it's not verifiable. It's it's um, it's not helpful to plan. It's not helpful to see, is it really making an impact or not? That's a, I hope that that helps uh, kind of give you a yeah, little yeah. Uh, picture. Of the so, yeah. so as you think about that data that you're trying to aggregate, uh, the, the, the fundamental one of the fundamental challenges for an organization is that it doesn't have the data to input that you might want to have. How do you address that? How does Quantably help address that fundamental challenge that if you help a kid in third grade, uh, it's hard to know, you know, what mm -hmm. is it, eight years later, nine years later, when or if he or she graduates from high school. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to know if they go to college. It's hard to know if they uh, graduate from college. Mm -hmm. How do we address that? Uh, with quantably? So the, the way I see it, there are a couple of parts of this question. One is the data entry part. So, um, you know, in, in the early stages of our R&D, we realized that every organization that we spoke to, even, you know, the smallest one, you know, three or four people, they're all entering data in some shape or form, either in their email or in a spreadsheet or plain old paper. And, you know, uh, they are entering data. They're collecting that data. What we started to do is that give them a simple format so that it doesn't feel like, uh, oh, my God, I'm entering data into a database. So simplify that process. Make the data entry part as part of the work, not an additional work. So that's that's the one. So it's very user driven uh, um, in that sense. The second part is that in the in the platform itself, you can actually trigger different different workflow and, and um, kind of like a longitudinal uh, observation, if you will. Uh, to say, I want to follow up with this cohort of, of students or cohort of, of children after two years, three years, five years interval, and then go back to them uh, uh, to um, ask X, Y, and Z questions to collect my data. And, and that data doesn't disappear from our system just because it's been eight years or 10 years. It, it just stays there. It's in your, in your repository. Um, uh, but And it has specific triggers to kind of go back and look at this information. What you have through Quantably is that a simple data format um, and that can connect with any other data format. Meaning if you're entering data in a spreadsheet and you need uh, that migrated into your platform, no problem. It's easy to import, you can do it. So you're not doing double work. You're just doing the work that you're already doing. Um, so that's the first part. The second part is that we have a huge uh, a data sanitization, if you will. And, and one of the, the challenges that we immediately wanted to address is that no, you know, two organizations are the same. So how do we get them to adapt to our methodology? Um, and, uh, you know, because we built Quantably uh, in, um, in, a, in collaboration with not-for-profits, that process became very, very evident. So we set up certain data standards, certain best practices that every organization must adapt to. So if they don't have data, it will be visible to them that they need to do this. So and if they don't, of course, they're not going to have a full picture of their impact. So 
it is not data in, data out. It's more on the, hey, this is the data that you have, and this is how you should be putting in, formatting it, so that you can see the impact on the outcome. So there's a bit of a, a capacity building education aspect that we have built into the platform. Yeah, this is really exciting. This is such a powerful tool for organizations that, that are trying to have impact and trying to tell their impact story over time. And this is a, a great way uh, for even the, the smallest, youngest nonprofit social impact organizations to begin collecting that data so that they have that ability to tell the story. So if I may is, add, our platform isn't just for the not-for-profits. I mean, you know, some of the earliest uh, uh, implementation that we have done is through philanthropies and, and you know, uh, CSRs because they are giving out millions of dollars, billions of dollars to nonprofits and NGOs and social enterprises in terms of grants and contracts. And a lot of time, these philanthropies uh, have difficulty um, kind of viewing the, the total impact of their investment, if you will, in real time. It's 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 an end of the quarter, end of the year report. And at that time, th there's very little to, they can do in, to make sure the, the organizations, the grantees pivot in the way to achieving those outcomes. What we have done is also give foundations a bird's eye view of all their impact areas and how their grantees are performing and almost in real time. So that in the event they need to intervene as investors in social, social impact, they can do so. They can talk to the grantee and say, hey, we are seeing this impact data, but that is off, off, the, off the mark, if you will. How can we help to, so that you can get back on track? That kind of preemptive approach doesn't exist at the moment. Yeah, that is that's brilliant. That's brilliant, and it, it's fun to see the, the the breadth of application for Quantum Blue. This is exciting stuff. Well, listen, everyone, we are uh, going to take a short break here, but when we come back, we'll be talking to uh, Cyrus Kazi again. He's the CEO and founder of Quantably. And when we come back, we'll talk to him about his superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Need money for your small business or startup? Learn how to raise capital on your own terms. Renowned attorney Jenny Casson will teach you how to fund your business without selling your soul. She'll share secrets learned over decades of fundraising. November 15th at 1 Eastern. Register today for free at thesupercrowd.com. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us at Supercrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. November 30th at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Cyrus Kazi today. Cyrus is the CEO and founder of Quantably, a, a company that helps nonprofits, philanthropies, CSR departments, and social enterprises track their impact. So uh, this has a, a, been a fascinating discussion. We're now going to shift gears a little bit and talk about his superpower, Cyrus You've done a lot. You've had a long, successful career. You, you've been doing good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, for 25 years now. Tell us a little bit. What do you see as your superpower? 
Um, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I have any superpower. Um, I think at some point uh, through the process of, I guess, self-actualization, if you will, or maturity, um, I think uh, empathy is very important to determine what impact you're going to have uh, or what impact you're going to leave behind, essentially, in life. And um, I got into this not-for-profit world, into this data world and evidence-based uh, impact work uh, because um, I guess it's from a sense of empathy, um, not from a transactional point of view that I'm going to build a system and just make a ton of money, um, but from the understanding that the value creation um, um, is much more important than the bottom line in many cases, especially this case, when it comes to social impact. Um, and that comes from a sense of uh, my empathy for um, uh, people who are not as privileged as I am. I was born in Bangladesh. Um, I come from a developing country. I have seen firsthand what poverty and hunger looks like. I have seen my people around me um, and, and through my work, what that looks like. So um, that helped shape the way I kind of see the world and figure out, is there anything that I can do to kind of um, support, help these people, um, you know, uh, people um, who sometimes because of lack of access to resources are, um, you know, still kind of um, struggling in, in many, many cases. And this is not just for the developing world where, you know, um, I mean, New York area, the millions of people in our own country, they, they live below the poverty line. How do we change that? And, and it has to come from a sense of empathy for, for your fellow human beings and see if there's anything you can do. So if I had to talk about my superpower, I would say that empathy um, is, is my superpower. Well, that, that is a profoundly important uh, superpower, and uh, it's one that's difficult to master. Uh, you know, I, I think about myself, and uh, I've long, you know, not always, but now, well, you know, it's been a decade since I've been thinking, I really need to develop that skill, and yet I continue to struggle with it. If you were going to offer some advice for expanding, building, strengthening your ability to uh, manifest, feel genuine empathy, what would be your advice? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, let me see if I can answer that. Um, I think that it's easy to think that you are on your own or um, the things that you do, the decisions that you make, um, don't necessarily impact others or others' decisions don't impact you. I think that's a very narrow way of looking at life. Our, our, our decisions um, uh, have consequences for others as well as ourselves. And when you do that, when you start thinking about um, actions of consequences in a, in, a, in a way, you start to realize that if you don't care about your fellow human being, then your actions will impact them and their actions will impact you. We don't survive. We don't live in an isolation, right? So uh, for for many, many years, I, I think uh, either through some philosophical, uh, um, you know, evolution that I had, um, I started to realize that whatever I am going to do, 
I can't determine the end result, but as as long as my empathies and my intentions are are are, uh, are there, um, at least if I can do one good thing um, for my fellow human beings, I think um, that will make an impact. So it's a it's a thought process. It's a practice. You constantly have to kind of think about um, you know what can I do to move the needle, uh, if you will. Um, and I, I'm not saying that, you know, that I can, I do it perfectly all the time. I'm far from it. I'm, you know, uh, I'm constantly uh, uh, struggling with it as well. But I, I don't necessarily think that I look at um, the world like I used to when I was much younger. And from a transactional point of view, I look at it as a value creation point of view. I think that that helps help me at least. Devin, you're meet. I see. Thank you. I see how looking at the world differently is an important uh, step uh, in this process. Um, as you think about your use of empathy, can you think of a specific example that illustrates how uh, your deployment of empathy yielded an outcome that you're proud of or like to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, that mixes the, the, the personal and professional areas. Um, so a bit of a, uh, sad story, if you will. I, I used to work in, uh, child welfare and early in my career, uh, and my whole work involved preventing child abuse and neglect, um, uh, you know, in many communities I've worked with indigenous Mexican population, West African, South Asian, and, and many other communities. Um, and, the work profoundly changed me uh, in a sense that um, when I'm looking at child welfare, I started, it, it also almost kind of created a, um, uh, a person inside me that, that needed, needed to be the protector, if you will. And eventually when I became a father, um, and I have two kids, um, that mentality to be a protector and care about other children um, hasn't gone away. And one of the reasons uh, when we started building Quantably, we actually wanted to build Quantably primarily for child welfare organizations many years ago um, so that they can use this data to protect uh, um, uh, children from abuse and neglect. So some of that, that kind of personal experience, professional experience translated that into my personal life in terms of how I interact with my children and how I wanted to kind of build a company out of those those learnings, if you will. Um, so that's how I kind of shifted the the quote unquote empathy towards um, towards this effort. <laughs> I'm really grateful uh, for your time, Cyrus. I really appreciate you being here for the, Thank your you. uh, thoughts in this regard. Uh, as we uh, wrap up, I wonder if you would take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Quantably and how they can connect with you uh, via social media or otherwise. Sure. Um, Quantably is still a, um, a small company. Uh, we have, uh, even though we have been building this for almost a decade, we actually went live last year. Uh, and Quantably um, is 
currently being used in 47 countries with nonprofits, NGOs, philanthropies. And we are onboarding, inviting uh, the, the larger impact community uh, of philanthropists, you know, donors, as well as investors, because we are in the middle of fundraising. So uh, if you'd like to connect with me and talk to more, uh, more about it and how, how Quantably can add value to your impact-driven work, please connect with me on LinkedIn, Cyrus Kazi, LinkedIn, if, you know, my LinkedIn is open, or you can visit quantably.com um, and just drop me a note. Uh, we are a small company. I'm, I'm probably going to be the one responding to your email. So always open to learning, always open to networking. Um, um, so, uh, or if you know any, uh, any foundations, not-for-profits who could benefit from Quantably, please send them our way. Uh, we would really appreciate an introduction. Fantastic. Uh, well, Cyrus, thank you so much for being with us today. We wish you every success in, in building and succeeding at the incredibly important work that you're doing, focusing us on measuring impact successfully. Thank you, Devin. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. Let's do some good. <laughs> <laughs>